Journey to Organization, episode 131. Don't panic with Aviva Yosilis. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman. Advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to the Journey to Organization podcast. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagambigan Personal Organization. And today I want to talk to you about not panicking in light of the corona epidemic. Aviva is here joining us today. Aviva was on episode 115, so you can check out her full credentials there. But just a quick brief rundown. Aviva is a healthcare advocate for Health Advise and the Shira Pransky Project. She has a master's degree in public health, and she is here to tell us how not to panic. Welcome back, Aviva. Thank you very much, Rebecca. It's nice to be back. I'm so glad you're here because a lot of people are panicking, and I think that's like the worst thing to do in this situation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think people are, I speak to groups of people, either people are completely panicking or people think it's still like a bit of a fuss and everything will kind of blow over in a short period of time. (laughs) that's what I'm hearing too there's sort of no middle ground but I think the middle ground is sort of the place to be right now because we definitely don't want to panic I think that's going to make everything worse for everybody but we also want to take this seriously because it's definitely spreading and it spreads easily do you want to talk about maybe yeah do you want to talk about maybe how it spreads sure sure yeah I uh it's it's funny because I've been giving my children sort of an ad hoc lesson on contagion which you know on one hand as a parent you feel <laughs> you feel you know you don't want to be an alarmist on the other hand you know somebody comes from outside the house and I say you know you have to go wash your hands now so um <laughs> so, so the coronavirus just very briefly is a it's one of the viruses that's one of the respiratory viruses like the common cold and SARS uh if we remember from a few years ago 2003 yeah in the, was that 2003? Yeah. Wow. It seems yeah. like it just happened. I know, right? <laughs> um, so, and, and there, um, there are molecules that are found in the, the respiratory tract. So they're, they're like little, you know, droplets, but then they're easily sort of um, secreted through, through coughing or sneezing, you know, through the nasal passages or through, through the throat, etc. So because, you know, our sneeze and our cough goes such distance and we can so easily spread viruses in general, um, that's that's how it is spread, but it seems to first of all do very nicely on surfaces. Um, but more importantly, for some reason which they aren't, they don't understand it as of yet completely. It's even more contagious than the other types of uh, of coronaviruses, the other type of respiratory viruses. How long can it so, live on a surface? Well, right. So that's you know I've I've read and seen all kinds of different things. I'm I'm going to go with it's a uh, what most people say is between two or three days. However, it's important to note, and again, this is just based on my observations and what I've been reading, but uh, the people who've been getting sick, at least right now, we can still sort of keep control and document that they're getting sick because they were exposed to another sick person physically. Meaning they're not getting, they're not getting ill because they touched a surface that another sick person had touched two days prior. Actually, there are a few cases in the United States of that actually happening they're not sure they're not sure yet they're not sure they're not sure. okay they're not sure they don't they don't have any verified um evidence that they didn't come in contact with to, people right even right, unknowingly right, right. you mean so, right exactly exactly okay. and i have to say that i'm a little bit more um 
impressed with our epidemiological review in Israel than I am in the States. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay. also impressed with what it's, what's been coming out of the health departments in various places in the States. So I'm going to go okay. with our health ministry. Okay. I have a lot of respect for, for the people who are working there and with the work they've put together. So I'm going to go with that. This is not, this is not in any way saying that, oh, okay, we don't have to be, you know, personal hygiene. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know, we, we need to, obviously we need to try to be you know, keeping their surfaces clean and wiping and making sure we wash our hands. Cause the biggest thing is, you know, we wipe our eyes afterward. And so. Right. Well, also you, you know, don't really know where other people have been. Exactly. And you don't know that the person who is, who's with you, who's just touched the banister, et cetera, isn't going to develop the, you know, the virus and exactly. in a week can be sick. Exactly. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're trying to keep people from panicking here. What can we right. do to keep ourselves <laughs> healthy um, and not feel like we're losing our mind? And the, and the reason why I really uh, wanted to talk about this on this podcast and why I think it's relevant is because I definitely think like how we organize ourselves within our own home is important and how we feel about being in our home is part of like the whole organization aspect of things. And I think that it is while not necessarily directly related to organization in that I'm going to throw out a bunch of stuff and declutter, like how you arrange yourself in the house now is extremely important, um, especially if you have kids. And so I'm going to give a general plug for decluttering because I think like it's always good to have de to be decluttered and it's always good to have less so that it's easier to keep things clean. Because if you have like, for example, less stuff on your countertop, uh, it's a, so much easier to wipe it down after everybody's been touching it than if you have to move everything off of it to give it a very thorough cleaning, um, which also means that you're touching more and more surfaces in the process. So that's right, not great. Right. So I'll give a general plug for decluttering, but I think that there's um, a lot of um, mental health disorders that go along with being stuck in your house that are related to cleanliness and hoarding and... Uh, oh, yeah. And I think that we should definitely talk about how we can avoid situations where we're feeling anxious. Um, so how can people who have a tendency towards mental health issues stay, uh, stay sane during social distancing and quarantine? Um, and, and not just sane, but like also not put themselves in a situation where they're worse off. Right, where they feel Especially balanced. Especially if they have kids. Right, right. You want to keep feeling balanced. So I, I completely agree with you. I wish that I have, you know, been able to master the decluttering. <laughs> it's still a work in, in progress. I'm well, gonna, it's a journey. I'm going to get guidance from you. <laughs> it's a journey, yeah. Uh, I've definitely I've made a lot of inroads in the past, uh, the past couple of decades of raising children. Um, but I, I think, to me, one of the most important thing is a schedule that you are following, you know, that you don't let that go, that you really hold on to a schedule that everybody wakes up at the same time, they go to bed at the same time, you have your meals at the same time, you have, you know, the routine as much as you can sort of balanced between free time and organized time, whether it be like, you know, online learning, if your kids are able to do that, which mine are really not, <laughs> or, uh, you know, or organized classes, like, you know, you have older kids teaching younger kids, which can definitely work sometimes. Um, and, and I, I am a very, very firm believer in checklists. Okay. And uh, I love a yeah. good checklist. 
Yes. So I, I see that as part of also decluttering and as part of a schedule and part of, you know, having things that you like, okay, we're going to have these things accomplished today or we're going to have, I mean, the fun, ironic thing is this that, you know, corresponds so nicely with Pesach. Yes. <laughs> it's funny because the people who are doing my painless pay self challenge are like really feeling okay. They're feeling good. They're feeling like, you know, great. Now I have the time and I'm working with my kids on it and right, right. Uh, they're well, feeling, like they're feeling less stressed. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. Like, we have to, we, we have, we have like the semi painful Pesach challenge. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. I agree with you um, that the that the schedule is really really important. But I also think that within the schedule, um, it's also important to be a little bit to to know how to be flexible. So, for example, we've been waking yes. up. My husband's been doing uh, davening with the kids in the morning, and then I do yoga with them, and then I let them. Then they do their homework, and then they have they have free time on the computer, and then we make lunch, and then they have some more yes. free time on the computer, and then Absolutely. around like three thirty. I, we do like either art or writing in journals or we do some sort of activity together and then the kids are all taking turns making dinner so they have to plan at some point during the day like what they're going to make with the ingredients that we have on hand mm -hmm. and then right, right. Uh, we go out and we, we walk our dog after dinner and um, you know we stay far apart when we're outside but we just take a quick walk around the, <laughs> around the neighborhood and you know, then we're getting like a little bit of exercise. And then I've like been very strict about keeping bedtimes where they always were before and not letting the kids yeah. just stay up and watch TV all night because exactly. I just don't think that's helpful. No, no. I think, I think that's a great schedule. I think that's perfect. And that's like a beautiful, like you did a schedule according to what works what for your for family. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's very important for people to have a thought process about what works for them, which is just as like a parenting aside, but what works for them and not necessarily what you think they should be doing because now everybody is like at home and really we should be like accomplishing all these things, you know? I mean, I think it's also important to remember um, is that there's a few people, I think it was the lady from Misrata Brie was saying, guys, this is not a vacation, you know? Right. <laughs> this is not like a go to school and, uh, you know, I mean, go to the beach kind of thing. And right. I, I think that's important for us to remember is that is as if as nice as it is that we don't have the stress, you know, oh, we can clean and we can organize for Pesach and we don't like this is this is very stressful. This is an unprecedented event that has happened in our lifetime. Right. And and it has happened, you know, previously in history. And, and, and we know that, you know, as a society, we will deal with it and we will. And I'm very confident in that. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe in like apocalyptic thinking or, or sort of, you know, doomsday kind of conspiracy, right. whatever. Okay. But, but it's important to note that this is, and this, and it's going to, and your kids are going to be stressed and you're going to feel the stress. And if you have, you know, and if you have a spouse who has to go to work and comes back into the house and even on a, you know, on, um, on a modified, um, you know, modified, um, schedule schedule. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to, and we have to sort of allow ourselves to have that. My, my niece calls it trauma brain, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah no, it's true. Yeah. But I also think like, you know, um, we're conscientious about spending, spending time together, uh, you know, too close. Like we'll watch a movie together, but we won't necessarily cuddle like uh, me with the kids. Like we just find that, or like I'm conscientious about like, Cuddle, like cuddling with them at nighttime or something like that because you know we want to try to be close to them but we don't want to touch their face or be close to their nose or I mean my kids are a little bit bigger so it's not so like germy 
<laughs> but uh, like, like they're not like, you know, they don't know how to wipe their nose kind of things and they know how to wash their hands and then sneeze into their elbow and that kind of stuff. But still, I feel like, you know, you never, you, you never know. Right. Although if you're, my, my feeling is kind of for those people who like don't have to go to work um, or you don't aren't essential workers, I, I really oh, they should think definitely stay we, home. Yeah. But not only that, I mean, really like no guests over. Yes, no, that's true. No visiting of friends. No, I mean, really trying, which is, you know, sort of to, to shut down the, the interaction that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so with that, with that being said, how, besides for the schedule, how do you really, if you have a mental health issue when you have a tendency, let's say towards depression, right. when you're not being social, how can you manage that? Right. Yeah. So um, first of all, in addition to what you said, I am going to say that for those people who um, have any kind of like mental health diagnosis, it's really important to stay in touch with a mental health professional, meaning somebody that you've seen in the past, et cetera. Try to, you know, even just talking to them on phone, checking in with them is actually super helpful. Okay. Um, Yeah. Very important. And I'm a big firm believer in exercise. Meaning, you know, it can be like Pilates in your living room or, you know, trying to increase your heart rate, you know, even just like doing aerobics or some kind of activity. And there's so many great videos on YouTube, even for 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, and doing it with your kids. If you've got younger kids, you know, in the house, like making it an activity, but it really, really can, can have a positive effect on your mood. Okay. I I think that the most important thing, and I mean, this is what I'm practicing anyway, is like, I'm, I'm doing my effort. But I also have to be like gentle with myself and not be like, oh my gosh, did I, why did I touch that thing? And I, you know, why did I, um, you know, why did I, why did I do that? And I, I, you can go over and over again and, and really make yourself, you know, kind of insane. Right. I mean, I, I speak from experience because I, I have, um, I mean, I have a background. I have, I have like a OCD of a type okay. that got worse after my uh, last pregnancy and I actually had something called a postpartum panic disorder. Okay. Uh, which in like the past 10 years, I have definitely managed to, to like, you know, to learn how to live with and have really worked with it. But I, I see that all these things together can really, you know, trigger those negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I think to be really conscious of doing what I can do and then letting go, Okay. you know, because really, I mean, this is you, you can only do what you can do kind of thing. And then you have to really like, that is not up to you anymore. Right. You know, I mean, you have to be smart and I think that we have to minimize our contact and well, thank God um, for the phone and the internet, right? Because at least we can talk to people online. Completely. And I, I think it's so, yeah, I mean, we, it's really now like social media can actually be a gift, you know? Right. Whereas right. And it can keep I, us, I, help I, keep us informed a little, but it can also right. push us over the edge. So I guess everything in moderation. No, I think really keeping it to like be in touch with friends or, you know, now my friend said there's all these Facebook books that have popped up on uh, what to do with your kids. Yes. <laughs> Parenting during quarantine. <laughs> during yes. Day. I mean, you know, my husband keeps telling me and he's right. And I agree with him. Like this could be a huge opportunity. It is like if I'm already in the house with my kids, you know, or in the right. house with my spouse, you know, I, it's a choice. You know, how am I, am I going to look at this as like, wow, an opportunity to, to do something different, you know, to create something different, to learn something new about myself and, and help my kids grow. Right. Um, or am I just going to like suffer through? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, also, Aviva, let's have a quick talk about um, food during 
if you have a mental health issue. Like I am inclined to believe that it's great to eat as healthy as you can and try to stay away from the junk food while you are quarantined or social distancing from somebody else. Yes, you agree? Oh, oh that was, I was waiting for the butt. Or it that- was a question. What <laughs> <No. laughs> like, in times of stress? So you can- yeah, I mean, like you get stressed out and you go for like ice cream or chips or whatever. My trigger food is Doritos. I, I love nacho wow. Mexicani Doritos. That's my thing. I love those. Right. But I just find that like, okay, now if I have that, I said to my husband, I'm like, I cannot eat them because I just. No, so you can't buy them. Just don't buy them. I'm like, please just don't buy them anymore. And like, we'll be done with them for now because I can't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And I think like, okay, so now try to think of like, what is a snack food that I can like make that's tasty, but you know, then healthier than I would be like, you know, I don't know. Is it going to be granola? Is it going to be like, you know, an energy bar? You know, and I'm going to put some like right. chocolate in it, you know, because I mean, you have to have something that's like one of the, to get back to the mental health issue. What's so important is you have to do something. It's like, like when you're a caregiver of someone else, um, you know, somebody who's sick or the elderly, like you need to make sure that you're doing something that's like that you're enjoying right. at least once a day, you know, if it's so, okay. So we can't go out to get a cup of coffee with our friends, but we can, you know, make our favorite coffee and, you know, tell our spouse or lock ourselves in a plate, you know, and have alone time for, for 20 right. minutes. We can watch a movie that we like or, you know, and food is, I mean, food is, can be very soothing. So if we like, I don't make a shake, do you know what I'm saying? Like yes. it's going to have some fruit. So, it, so it's sweet, but it's not like, you know, tons of sugar with a candy bar kind of thing. You know? Exactly. One thing that I do want to say about food right now is because you're home, um, it's a good idea. I think to, if, if you, whether or not you eat kidney oat on Pesach or not, I think now is the time to switch to kidney oat snacks. It'll cut back actually on the yelling between you and your kids. Like you don't want your kids <laughs> to track pretzels and Cheerios all over the house. But if they're eating yeah. popcorn and like maybe kosher Pesach cereal already, then like, you know, have it out already? Cause I, I don't know if the cereals are out, but definitely popcorn. You can get like popcorn. KLP already. And yeah. like, it's not chametz. So if you find it during Pesach, it's not like the end of the world, but it will also, I think just cut down and like keep you a little more sane. If you can cut back on some of the snacky kind of chametz yeah. foods, because you know, then you're not tracking them all over the house or well, not you, but your small children, maybe. <laughs> totally. You could just like convert your whole family to gluten-free with, with what we've done because we have four children with celiac. So oh, well. well, that's good too. You could always do that. Right. Uh, okay, so let's talk about... I want to I want to talk about and you touched on this and thank you so much for sharing your specific situation with us but let's talk about people who have cleanliness disorders like specifically like um OCD right. or people who are more inclined to keep clean how much cleaning do you think we actually need to do in general and how can you control something I know we talked about this briefly but just let's I think it's worth investigating this a little bit further how much you know is too much cleaning oh wow in terms of like surfaces and doorknobs and you know we don't want people to be obsessive about those things but I think most people in their regular cleaning you know your regular cleaner comes and they're not cleaning the doorknobs and the light switches and those things are definitely ignored no I mean (laughs) right I mean, they always recommend in the winter you try to wipe down your handles and your, you know, and your light. I mean, I wish I could say that I do that on a regular basis. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I, you know, I think that that for everybody, it's, it's very individual. And I, I think that you can, it really depends for, and you know, some, for people who really have OCD and who really suffer and who really working on it with therapy, sometimes your therapist will even say, you know, what do less, you know, even though you might be elevating your risk slightly more, but the trigger to your, you know, mental health situation is, is, is worse. So I don't really think there's like a general statement. I think that we have to, as best we can keep things clean. The most important thing is the hand washing really Okay. is that, you know, anytime you're, you're coming in from the outside, you're washing your hands and, and the real washing of the hands with like soap and you do, you know, you scrub around, like you see in the movies, you know, when they're doing the surgery before yeah. you scrub the backs of your hands and the fronts and, and, uh, and you sing the ABCs. Okay. That is, that is very, that's like the full 60 second hand, you know, if you sing the, you know, not ABCDEFG, you know, to the right, end. Right, right. And you sing it. So that, that's the recommendation to do. That's like a full hand washing. So okay. if you can keep, if you can keep that up, you know, when you come in from the outside after you're interacting with surfaces, you know, um, I mean, home is easier because your access to soap and water. If you don't, then you have, you know, your, your alcohol hand sanitizer, let's say you have yeah. to go out, you know, your hand sanitizer, right? Exactly. If you go out, you know, to the supermarket or the store app, when you come out, you, you, you do your hands and, you know. Right. Let's talk about going to public places because at least for right now, we can still go to the grocery store here in Israel and I think in America too. Uh, we can still go to the grocery store. We can still go to the pharmacy. Um, ladies are still going to the mikvah. Right. Let's talk about how we can prepare ourselves. I definitely think uh, taking some, in general, I'm against wipes, but I think taking some antibacterial wipes with you when you go to public places is not a bad thing, especially at the supermarket, right. like when you're touching the carts and stuff. Well, a lot of people have started to wear gloves. Like, you know, yeah, but you touch like your face when you're gloves. wearing gloves, don't you? No, so don't. So don't touch your face. No, wait, you can't help it. Like you put on gloves before you go. Like let's say you're going to put on gloves before you go to the supermarket, you know. Okay. And don't, don't touch your face. <laughs> it's hard to not touch your face. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is hard. I see with myself, you know. We, um, we have builders coming and I have to go outside. Can you believe I'm trying to build in this situation? <laughs> and, um, and you know, you're talking to somebody and, and my son and I measured two meters yesterday. It's far. Two it meters, is far. You know, like, yeah, I'm not, it's very hard to hold to that when you're yeah. having a conversation with somebody, you're basically yelling. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I stop seeing clients all together because I'm just like, I can't, I can't be far enough apart from my clients to... Yeah. Be safe. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Face to face right now yeah. is not, uh, you know, is not is not recommended. And I, I'm recommending for everybody, you know, really, really no social interaction unless absolutely necessary. You know, right. like you have to go to the doctor or you. Uh, and it's interesting because people still aren't doing that here. And I, that's what I feel like is going to bring us to. I feel like next week we're going to probably go into like a national shutdown similar to that they did in, in, in Italy. I have a mm -hmm. feeling. So no medical services at all? No, no, no. There will continue to be medical services for sure. Uh -huh. But, okay. um, you know, those people who are working, I think will be cut down really, really just to emergency services. They uh -huh. will not. They're already starting to do that here. Like for example, they, they already they cut are. out dental services unless it's an emergency. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's exactly. no dental no services. Electives. Yeah. 
on, no elective surgeries. There's yeah. no. And they're already starting to do no elective surgeries uh, in the United States because that happened to my mom. Her her elective surgery was canceled. Even though oh, it yeah? doesn't feel like, yeah, she was supposed to have like a cataract fixed. And even though to me that doesn't feel like elective. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, it's completely elective. Uh, you know, but she can't see. So, <laughs> yeah, um, so to me it doesn't feel like it's elective, but I see like obviously they want to direct essential personnel to people who are in medical emergency. Right. Well, we have almost a thousand doctors here in quarantine. Uh-huh. The doctors so, are getting not sick, that they're sick. Then not that they're sick, but unfortunately there were doctors who are sick and then they were exposed, exposed. to, other, you know, right. Or they came back from abroad. So, uh, okay. So let's talk about why it's important to adhere to if you are quarantined and what it means to be quarantined, because I think people actually are not taking that seriously enough. Yeah. Are you, you're getting that feeling? I see it. I mean, I, I happen to live near, uh, a fairly busy hospital and I am shocked at how much traffic is still on our street every day and how much foot traffic is still on the street every day. And I see the buses go wow. by and they're full with people. So really? I mean, we're having like a, na basically a national shutdown and I'm pretty surprised that like most of these people aren't observing social distancing and I can't believe yeah. that a lot of them aren't really supposed to be in quarantine, but just are ignoring it. Right. Right. So it is, it's really unbelievable. Like to, it's, I mean, people's lives who have probably been saved because those people are, are keeping quarantine is really amazing. Meaning you've seen case after case of person who knew somebody was sick, went into quarantine and then themselves got sick. You know, right. so imagine if that person hadn't gone into quarantine, how many other people they would have exposed. Right. I, I think that we can really see the seriousness of it as that as of tomorrow, um, those people who violate the quarantine can be put into jail for six months or fined 5,000 shekels by law, meaning they took the Misrata Briut recommendations, the Ministry of Health recommendations, and they've, and they've converted it into a law that the police can actually, you know, activate. That's great. And I, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see more of that is that there's going to be more, I mean, they, they've apparently, um, called up like a thousand soldiers to be at the what are they, the Pikuda Olaf? I don't even know how you say that in, in uh, Home Front Command. Yeah. Home Front Command. Is that, yeah. Is that it? I, I think that's the translation uh, for it. But it's it's basically like, that, you know, first responders on the home front. But I think what they're gonna have them do is is be, you know, patrolling yep. and those people yeah. who are violating quarantine is to uh, to take action because there really is no better way to prevent a spread. And what we're trying to do is not be Italy. And we were doing right. really well at the beginning. Uh, and we're not where we should be in terms of our numbers are just still really going up so exponentially that this is the only really effective way to mitigate it. So, you know. So I'll just give you some numbers as of today on the track virus app. It, you do have that app. It, it's uh, in conjunction with United Hotsella. It has an English option. There's 204,000 plus people worldwide who have the virus. Uh, 82,000 plus worldwide who have recovered. And 433 people sick in Israel. Yeah. According according yeah, yeah. to the app. Uh, nice. This app... Twelve who have died. Twelve who have gotten better and oh, okay. five who are five who are in 
in, in a bad situation. And I think about mm -hmm. 15, 12 or 15 who are in Benoni, which is, you know, in the middle. In the, right. <laughs> we don't know. So, moderate. I don't know yeah. how you translate. Yeah, moderate. Right. Yeah, they're they're not severe and not uh, mild. So moderate, I guess, right. is severe. The right severe is means you're on a ventilator. So I, you know, moderate is not great. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, but I be. think I think by the way that that's an important thing. You want to try to avoid getting sick, also because you don't want to create a situation where you can't get care. Like if if people avoid yeah. the quarantine, they're going to be like you know, who cares if I get sick? A lot of people recover from it. I'll just go to the hospital and I'll get better. But that's a really poor attitude because you're putting a strain on the medical system and doctors and you're taking away from someone who might seriously need the help when you could have been more careful. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think what we have to remember here is this is really about all of us. And that's what I think people, this is not about my individual need. You know, you're 35 years old you might have a healthy immune system. You're right. 80% of the people go through it like a bad flu. However, you know, on a good day without this, there are numerous people who are in severe medical crisis and, you know, this, the system can struggles to meet all of their needs. Right. So if we're adding a, such a burden of illness, that's really the concern, you know? So what we're trying to do is not add another severe burden of illness to a system that is, you know, can't, can't take a huge um, burden burden upon itself in yeah. such a short period of time. Right, you know? right. Okay, so let's um, just talk about what we can do if we ha are taking care of kids who need help, let's say. So uh, I have a flexible job, <laughs> but my husband actually handles like emergency crises for his company, and he's obviously buried in work right now. <laughs> but um, what would have happened qualify? if we... Does actually he's he's about he does a crisis planning and this is a worldwide crisis so he's wow. working like crazy. Um, wow, but what if both of us? Yeah, he's he's really working hard. Um, but what if both of us had been you know in jobs where we were both you know in crisis management um, and we had caretakers for our kids or what if we were taking care of elderly parents. What are s right. some tips and tricks we can uh, use so that we can avoid caretakers spreading? I mean, I know that we could ask them to move in with us if we have the space temporarily, uh, but the, it temporarily could still be a long time. So what are right, your thoughts right. on that? So uh, if you have no other option, for example, my mother lives next door. I'm her caregiver. Um, she's a dementia, but she lives with a carer. And we decided right now to, usually she comes over to my house every night for dinner and we decided to kind of put her in her own mini quarantine, meaning not to interact with us mm -hmm. because of the little kids. We had a big discussion about that. Um, okay. So so if that's possible to, to limit that time and sort of manage things, you know, from remote. Um, if you, I recommend, you know, if you've got two people who are working full time and they have to continue at that, then shift work. You know, like, for right. example, my husband works, to, you know, he worked from 12 to 8. And so I worked from, you know, eight, 7 to 12. And then we'll, you know, we will we'll flip it. Okay. So if that's possible, if you've got that kind of flexibility. And, you know, with children, the same thing. I mean, you've got little kids. They're not going to be good at washing their hands. They're like, you know, little Petri dishes. So <laughs> the best of your ability, keep them, you know, keep them wiped down. You know, obviously have the tissues handy at all times. 
keep their noses clean and their hands clean and cut the nails, by the way. Very, yes. very important. Thank you. Nobody's short. saying that. And also nobody's saying use a nail brush when you wash your hands. I always use a nail brush when I wash my hands. And it's wow, like, that's intense. You're like doing surgery. No, but it's like, I don't know. It gets stuff around the nail beds and underneath the nails. And yeah. Yeah. I make my kids do it that way because it's like, it's just so much more thorough. It is. It is. Yeah. And, oh, and also people, please keep your cell phones clean. Keep your cell oh, phones yeah, clean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, they say. No. Yeah. They say and Apple came out with this whole thing, right? Like you can use wipes on your phone. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah. But don't wash it in soap and water because that's Yeah, don't wash it in soap and water. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll Wipes have to go okay. to the lab to get it fixed. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. So that I'm I'm go with that. If you got the nail brush, yeah, go for it. If you you know that you can't at the very least keep your nails uh, short and clean, especially with little kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big thing. And 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 as you know, as much as you can be doing the doing the hand washing in between activities and again I really believe you know and not making yourself crazy as as much as possible because right. you know then it becomes like you have two epidemics you know you've got the the virus and then you've got the panic so yeah okay and, and, and I think what we have to remember is we're in this for the long haul now you know okay. until after Pesach we're not changing okay so, you know, you want to talk about Pesach for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you probably don't, but um, yes. <laughs> what do we do about the Seder? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, individual families. Mm-hmm. Sitting no, far no. apart? You know, look, there's a lot of the science is that if a family already lives together mm-hmm. and they're interacting only with one another, then the social distancing isn't as much of an issue because you're already sharing so uh-huh. many germs and contaminants that if you haven't created antibodies to what the person has already, I'm like, you know, if you again have somebody who's constantly going in and out of the unit, okay. you know, um, then, and they have to be very careful about the hygiene that they're not introducing new, you know, new germs all the time. But, but right. a family really who lives together that the social distancing isn't as crucial. Uh-huh. And it's okay. like, you know, yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, but having only your intermediate family, not having guests, not having, you know, grandparents, not having, uh, cousins, sisters, you know, brothers, mm-hmm. etc. So I think that's what's going to be. Okay, I do, and okay. Uh, it's going to be very interesting Pesach uh, nationally because you know so many people go out of the country for Pesach, and this right. is going to be the first year that no one's going to be out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talk to me about anything that we might have missed. What else should we know? What else should we do? What else are you thinking about the situ- situation? Um, I, I'm thinking about, you know, as much as we can, keeping to the schedule, having our set times, you know, I love the set times for decluttering. I think that's a great idea. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, so important to keep our sense of humor. Uh, and also very important uh, as my husband, you know, keeps reminding me not to overdose on the news. Give yourself, uh, opportunities to uh sorry, little, yeah sorry we got some kids that's okay because <laughs> we're all together and i have a german yep. shepherd yeah a 19 year old son who just had laser surgery and my daughter who are all journey joining me oh welcome <laughs> uh, but um yeah the, i think the uh the important thing is to not overdose on the news and it's like uh is to make sure that you know you could check it in the morning you could check it at the night maybe once but don't be like every 45 minutes you know 
what happened now? And how about now? And about now? Right, <laughs> right. You can make yourself insane. You can make yourself crazy. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, Anything else you want to add, Aviva? Not that I can think of now. Right. But uh, it was lovely having the conversation with you. <laughs> Aviva, if people have questions for you, how can they reach you? So they can, um, they can email me at uh, Aviva at healthadvisewithaz.com. Okay. You can also look at my Facebook page. They can private message me on the Facebook page, Health Advice uh, with a Z. And um, also, I'm, we talk, very soon I'm going to start a, a podcast. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, specifically about, you know, sort of uh, the healthcare advocate answers your questions. Oh, and that's so cool. Topics. Uh, and it's really going to be international. It's not just focused on Israel. So uh, I will send you the link and, um, you know, maybe you can send that out in the show notes. and people. Yeah, for sure. 100%. As soon as you get it, we'll put it in the backdated show notes so you can check back to this episode, which is 131, and I will also add it to 115. Uh, so for everybody out there, I appreciate you listening to us. Remember, please don't panic. This too shall pass. Just use common sense. Try to keep away from people and keep your hands clean and don't touch your face. Keep your cell phones clean. Clean under your nails and use a nail brush. Also keep surfaces clean as clean as possible. I also want to add that hoarding is not okay in these situations. Number one, from an organizational perspective, hoarding can really harm us because it takes up a lot of space. And especially when we're confined, we want to maximize our space and we want to feel the freeness of empty space in our homes. But number two, hoarding from a perspective of, you know, taking supplies from other people who might need them is not helpful to people who are in need. So take what you need up to 14 days worth. The government has assured us that we will have the supplies that we need. So please don't panic about not having enough stuff. We will have enough stuff and we will be able to have what we need, but we don't want to take supplies from people who may need them, who might not have as much access to them, including the elderly who who might just have a harder time getting access to supplies. So be conscientious about how much you're actually storing uh, and, and hoarding and be conscientious about who may not have. And if you are concerned that there is somebody who may not have things, you can always call them and tell them you're leaving them a package at their front door and they can come and take it in whenever they are ready to take it in. Uh, but this way, people will be assured that they have what they need and no one will really have to worry about that. If you need help decluttering, as always, you can reach out to me. There's a couple of services that I now offer. You can still join the Pesach, Painless Pesach Challenge. It's still possible. Head to courses.balaganbegon.com forward slash 36 days. Or you can send me an email, Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com and find out how we can do in-home decluttering online. I have a brand new product where you can start with me in the morning and by the afternoon have a totally decluttered, clean room. And we work together online all you need to have is WhatsApp video to do it and voila, at the end of the day, you'll have a clean room. So email me at Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.